A new shuttle is on the way to help people who live in a southeastern San Francisco neighborhood get around without driving. We really want to make sure that this is a service that is complementing our transit service already and helping connect people to rapid transit and regional transit. Welcome to Taken with Transportation, the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency's official podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Kalross. It's a late summer day in the Bayview-Hunters Point District, and like all San Francisco neighborhoods, the area has a character all its own. Bayview-Hunters Point is really a vibrant community. We are the last bastion of black communities here in San Francisco. We have a lot of small businesses that are booming. You still see young people outside and having a good time enjoying each other. You still see families sitting out on the porch talking to each other. You still see those things in certain parts of Baby Hunters Point. San Francisco Supervisor Shimon Walton represents the area and notes that it does have its challenges. He says gentrification is an issue and transportation can be problematic with many residents relying on cars. A lot of people are driving because they have to get to work, because they have to get their children to school, because they have to do their daily activities. And most certainly, being in the southeast sector of San Francisco, we don't always have the fastest and most adequate transportation. We have a lot of families that, multiple families living in, in one house, and you know that also causes for more cars in a household. To get an idea of what it's like for people who can't or don't drive, we've caught up with Lainey Aragon, who's waiting with friends for the 44 O'Shaughnessy bus after an event near Heron's Head Park. So many of us walk super far just to get to one place. Like, it took us two hours to get here. And, like, you know, it's, it's sad. You know, living in a giant city like this, I expect more for public transportation. We've also been chatting with Tamika Blue today. She lives nearby in Potrero Hill, but spends a lot of time in Bayview Hunters Point because she has family here. There's just always a need for there to be access to main bus lines and other ways to navigate throughout the city. It's intergenerational, so we have people of all ages in our community, and people need transportation, period. If you don't have a car, then that means you're left to take public transportation. And if public transportation is limited, then that limits your accessibility. Improving transit in Bayview-Hunters Point is a priority, both for the agency and Supervisor Walton. We've been working with MTA to try to get additional bus service. We were fortunate to get a 15 express line during the pandemic. Uh, we were fortunate enough to bring back our, our bus lines in Bayview Hunters Point. The SFMTA introduced the 15 Express that the supervisor mentions in early 2021, and it's the first express line designed specifically to serve Bayview Hunters Point in city history. 15 Bayview Express to Palu and 3rd. Now, as part of our ongoing commitment to equity in this neighborhood, a new Bayview Community Shuttle is gearing up to start running next year. SFMTA transportation planner Christopher Kidd tells us grant money from the California Air Resources Board is paying for this service, and it will be what's known as a dynamic shuttle. A dynamic shuttle is one that operates a little bit like an Uber pool, where it doesn't have a fixed route, with fixed stops, it instead has what you call a service area. So, you know, whereas you can take an Uber anywhere in the city, this would be a shuttle program that would operate within Bayview Hunters Point and maybe a couple destinations outside of Bayview Hunters Point. And this would be pretty small vehicles, either like a minivan or a very small kind of passenger van. Typically, 
six to eight passengers total. And that's really because we want these vehicles to be as flexible as possible in terms of being able to get to their destinations quickly and efficiently. You know, we want to make sure that this is a service where it's effective and it's time competitive. And also, we really want to make sure that this is a service that is complementing our transit service already and helping connect people to rapid transit and regional transit to help them make trips more effectively on transit so they don't have to drive. Kate and his team are in the process of developing the shuttle service plan, and he says there are a lot of questions to answer between now and when rides begin. What are the right hours of operations? What are the expectations for getting picked up to say, do you need to walk down the block to the corner to get picked up, or do you get picked up at your door? Does that change if it's nighttime versus daytime? Establishing service area boundaries. And if we have destinations outside the service boundaries, what are they? Like 24th Street BART, San Francisco General Hospital. Are we doing nights and weekends? Are we doing rush hour? You know, really it's kind of about the push and pull of understanding, okay, we have so much money to run this service for so many years. And if we expand our service area, that either means we have to have more vehicles to keep travel times and wait times down. And then that means that maybe you can't have as many operating hours. And so there's all these kind of push and pull factors, and we need to make sure that we're balancing them in a way that the community thinks works for them. Because at the end of the day, the shuttle success is going to be based on how many people in this community ride it. And if people don't feel like it serves their needs, then we've failed. So we need to make sure that we really have this community forward approach on how we create the service plan. That approach involves doing extensive public outreach that's happening right now through events in the neighborhood, an online survey residents can take, and through working with nine different community-based organizations, one of which is Bayview-Hunters Point Community Advocates. Dalila Adolfo is the group's environmental justice director. She envisions the shuttle as a reliable, accessible resource for the neighborhood and adds that it's important to work with organizations like hers and to give everybody a voice, particularly residents who might feel left out of the conversation when it comes to a variety of issues or concerns, not just or even necessarily transportation. Many people feel that they are not heard or misheard, or even if they are heard, they're dismissed. There's a lot of residents who have said, I've been screaming to the mountaintops about this one particular topic, and it's not, nothing, no actionable thing is done until, that it's nobody's priority until higher-ups or people of a certain social standing say it is that needs that have been needs for a very long time are not addressed until a different demographic start moving in, until it becomes kind of a trend versus really making sure that the community gets the services that they need when they need them. The SFMTA wants to make sure those residents are heard, and the shuttle is a top priority recommendation in our Bayview Community-Based Transportation Plan. That's a set of projects developed collaboratively with the neighborhood. Why a shuttle, though? Christopher Kidd, the SFMTA planner, tells us it's something people specifically want, and that there have been similar shuttle services such as Bayview Moves, which stopped running around 2017. Now, to be clear, there are bus lines in addition to the 15 Express that go to Bayview Hunters Point. 9R, San Bruno Rapid, 19 Polk 2, for shipyard. As well as the T-Light rail line. 
So why not just increase muni service in the area? Bayview has some really challenging geography, some really big hills um, and steep streets, and it also has some very isolated communities and isolated areas. And when we look at transit service, you know, even when we have transit service that's robust, like up on the hill on Hunter's Point, because of the geographic challenges of that, it can be very challenging for somebody, especially who's elderly or has mobility issues, to be able to make it to a bus stop. And, you know, we want to really focus on how we complement and grow our transit service. So rather than competing with transit, we want to figure out how do we connect people better so that maybe they have just a one transfer ride. Whereas, you know, before they maybe had to transfer two times or they're more able to easily reach Rapid Muni or BART to be able to make longer and critical trips. And by doing so, the hope is we reduce people's travel time and we make it easier for them to get to and from their final destinations and improve their overall transit experience. So how will riders pay to use this shuttle? Our intent is to have it integrate fully with the Muni fare system and basically be able to pay for it through Clipper. So if you have a Clipper card, if you have a Muni pass, you'll be able to pay for rides on this shuttle. And we want to structure it so that it is part of the Muni fare system so that what you pay for a bus ride, you pay the same thing for this just to make it as easy and streamlined as possible. So it's not seen as something different. It's seen as just a larger part of the Muni system. Kid also tells us there's more to the program than just the shuttle rides themselves. In kind of trying to be responsive to community needs in, in a more holistic way, we have additional elements to this program, one of which is a workforce development component, where we're working with local organizations in the Bayview to recruit, train, and hire residents to be drivers for the shuttle service. And we're partnering with OEWD's City Drive program to then be able to graduate those drivers into the City Drive program where they can get eligible for a Class B driver's license, which then opens up the possibility to be a Muni driver. It opens up the possibility to do delivery trucking. That helps us create a pipeline of sustainable, union high-paying jobs within Baby Hunters Point, which is always a real big priority of this community, and we wanted to find a way to directly address that stated need. All of this makes us wonder why there aren't neighborhood shuttles all over San Francisco. So we've turned to SFMTA Planning Director Maya Small for the answer to that question. There are requests for these kinds of shuttles, but we have a lot of systems in our transit systems, and we need to make sure that we're supporting what we do and how we do it with what we already have. And so this is really a unique case. We're really responding to a particular neighborhood and a history in that neighborhood. You know, one of the things about the shuttle system is that this is very expensive and complicated to run. And so it's something that would really only be for certain circumstances. Our funding for this particular shuttle is very limited. We asked Small to elaborate on the history and certain circumstances she mentions. We really are looking at many of the neighborhoods that are equity priority communities, understanding that there were really big economic and land use challenges that have gone back 
many, many, many generations. And so there are conditions and people need to move around and get to community services and their daily life. And that's just really hard. And those you know, land use patterns and where people live, it takes a really long time for those things to be made whole. So some of this is the equity of how we do our planning and how our, our neighborhoods are built. So we want to make sure that we're using transportation and mobility as a way to serve them while that's, you know, slowly changing. So this is one way to kind of fill that gap. But in the long term, this should all be knit together with our transit system and with the ways in which we build our mobility systems in general. Once this shuttle starts running, a lot of people will be watching, including Supervisor Walton. We're going to see where people are accessing the shuttle from. We're going to see how quick and how efficient the shuttle is because a lot of people want to get out of their vehicles. A lot of people want to get out of their cars. With adequate transportation, with on-demand transportation, I think we'll see a, a lot of different outcomes in terms of folks getting out of their vehicles, trusting public transportation, because the main thing, they'll be able to get to where they want to go. And most certainly, we want people out of vehicles so our air can be cleaner, so we have less congestion on the streets. It's actually safer to have less cars on the streets, so we can make sure that you know, everyone flows and get to the point where we're not having fatalities on our street, where we're not having accidents on our street. Back in the area near Heron's Head Park, Moriana, who also is waiting for the 44 bus, tells us she likes the neighborhood shuttle idea. It will help because some people have asthma real bad, like me, I got asthma real bad. Gotcha, okay, so walking a lot's tough? Yes. And Tamika Blue believes people will use it, including her family. Transportation is always an essential component to one's livelihood and thrivelihood. You know, I feel like we probably will need more than just one shuttle. We'll probably need a few shuttles that get people in a few different directions. Thank you for joining us on Taken with Transportation. We're a production of the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, and you can find the latest episodes at sfmta.com slash podcast, as well as Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you want to learn more about the shuttle we've discussed in this episode, or help us plan the service by taking our survey or attending an event, go to sfmta.com slash Bayview Shuttle for information. Now, on a much more somber note, as this podcast episode was in its final editing stages, we learned of the passing of our friend and colleague, Mike D'Elia. Mike came to the SFMTA almost 10 years ago and delighted passengers as an operator known affectionately as Mr. Boston. He spent the last several months working in the chief of staff's office, the office responsible for this podcast. We will miss you so very much, Mike. Please rest in peace. I'm Melissa Colross. Be well and travel well.